everyone, and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I'm a life coach and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow, and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn, live a life that is true to them. In today's episode, we talk about the importance of managing our energies. We've all no doubt said at some point, I just don't have the energy. But what do we mean when we say that? Well, today we're gonna explore the different energies that can contribute to that saying, and seek to understand what we can do to be at our best more often. So, if you're ready, let's get started. So, the topic for today's episode is one that I find incredibly interesting, and it's one that I'm finding myself talk more and more about. Now, I've referenced this on a few podcast episodes before, um, and I've started to notice it consistently popping up in my conversations. Uh, And these are conversations as a mentor, as a coach, a manager, a colleague, a friend, or even with people that I've only known for like five minutes. I just can't seem to help ask the question, how are you managing your energy? Now, I love this question, mainly because I'm greeted with a mixture of faces as responses. Um, I'm not sure if people don't expect the question, they don't understand it, or they just don't know how to answer it. But it is certainly a question that instigates some really deep conversations. Now, as I've said, I've referenced energy levels on a few episodes before, but today I'd really like to dive deeper onto the topic and explore what I mean when I talk about managing energy. Now, just before I dive into the main part of my thinking here, I just want to share with you how I stumbled across this um, and almost the, the correlation between our attitude toward time and energy. Now, I like to think I'm good at time management. Yes, I may be late for the occasional thing here and there, but on the whole, I think I'm, I've been able to manage my time rather well. I've always been able to get things done to deadlines, whether that was a piece of work or some studies, I've always found time to do it. Uh, And on top of that, I've always managed to find time for other people as well. Uh, I was, and still am, I suppose, the go-to guy, whether at work or in my personal life, I was the guy that everyone could turn to, no matter why, no matter when. Now, there doesn't sound anything wrong with that really, does there? But what I was noticing is that something wasn't right, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I was getting everything I needed to get done. I was giving support. I was never letting anyone down. My to-do lists were always completed. So why was I feeling so overwhelmed? And the reason was that whilst I was managing my time super effectively, I couldn't say the same about my energy. And this is something that I've noticed over the years is becoming incredibly common. And what it is, we see time as this finite resource. We can plan everything in our lives to the second We know how many hours we have in a day, how many of those are for work, commuting, socializing, family. We look at this finite resource and can plan very objectively. And just think how often we do that. How often do we plan our time? Could be at the start of a week when planning diaries, uh, start of a project at work, looking at school or university timetables, maybe the start of the year where we plan the full 12 months ahead. What we do is we look at the time in front of us, see the time that's available and plan. But here's the question. How often do we take the same approach for our energy levels? How often do we sit and take stock of how much energy we really have, how much energy we need, how much energy we can spare? Now, if you're like most people I've spoken to, the answer is, well, not very often at all. And one of the reasons I think this happens is because we see our energy not as this finite source, 
but as something that we can stretch and push and eke out. And, and you know what? Yes, there is an element of truth to that. We always seem to be able to push ourselves that little bit more physically, even if we're exhausted. Um, if we are drained, we always seem to find that emotional time for other people. And no matter how long we've been taxing our minds, we can always work for five more minutes. And right there is the problem. We treat our energy as this infinite resource. We keep pushing and pushing until one day it's too much. We break down, we burn out, we physically collapse, all because we managed our time and not our energy. So the reason I wanted to record this podcast today is to hopefully raise awareness that this is happening frequently and give you some food for thought. Now, if after listening to the episode, people were able to take a moment, ask the question, how am I managing my energy, and then do something about it, I would be ecstatic. So I'm gonna share all my thoughts on energy levels with you, uh, more specifically, the four kind of energies that we all have and need to manage. After that, I'll share some hints and tips about what we could do to give our energy that deserved focus. So now there is a common understanding that there are four core pillars of energy that everyone has. Now, some people will call them bodies of energy or levels of energy, but for the sake of today, I'm referring to them as pillars. Um, And the reason I do that is consciously, uh, I do it because they are all equally important. If you imagine that four pillars are holding up a ceiling, one in each corner, what happens if one of those pillars begins to disintegrate? The whole structure is at risk. And that's how I see energy impacting our lives is one of them suffers, the whole of us is at risk. And the four pillars of energy that I'm going to talk to you about are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So let's look at each of those pillars individually. Um, We'll look at what it looks like and what happens if that pillar begins to weaken. And we begin with our physical energy. Now, this one is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Well, all of the energies are, I suppose. Uh, But this is the one that I think most people mean when they talk about how much energy they have. And this is all about our physical body. It's our bones, our skin, our blood, muscles, brain. It's all of those physical sensations that we feel. So when we talk about having good levels of physical energy, what does that mean? Well, take a second to think about what it looks like to you when you have positive physical energy. What does it look like? Maybe it means that you're well rested after a good night's sleep or your muscles are stretched and ready for the day. Maybe it means you've been eating well and feeling healthy, or it simply means you are free of pain and illness. And when you talk about good physical health or good physical energy, it sounds incredibly simple, doesn't it? Now ask yourself, what does it feel like when you have low physical energy? Can you recall a time when you physically were not at your best? What did that look like? Maybe you were struggling a bit because you only had four hours of sleep. Or maybe you haven't worked out in a while, so your body's feeling a bit tight or even gained some unwanted weight. Maybe you've had takeaways every night uh, for a week and you're just feeling a bit sick or lethargic. Or maybe you've got so bad that you've got the cold or the flu and you physically cannot move. And when you put those two examples next to each other, I think it's quite easy to spot the difference between a time where you have high energy and low energy. Um, And I I think we all are pretty good at spotting that. However, I think issues arise when that's the only energy level we focus on. And I think historically, so much emphasis has been put on physical health above everything. Um, If you are fit and healthy, it means you're full of energy. It means you're good to go. But really, all it means is you are full of physical energy. But what about the others? 
Uh, and you know what? That's a great question. So let's look at those others and let's look at mental energy. Now, this is one that I have definitely been a lot more aware of in recent times. Um, so much so that I've actually been known to use the phrase, I just don't have the mental energy for this right now. Uh, so when we say mental energy, we are talking about our thoughts, our attitudes, our judgments, uh, either of a situation or of a person. Uh, it includes our biases, our prejudices, prejudices, prejudice. I don't know if there's a plural of that um, and how we think about ourselves as well. It includes how we process information, how we learn new things and how we analyze situations. In short, our mental energy is the way we think and respond. Now, some listeners may already be tuned into their mental energy. Um, others may be considering it for the first time. But let's see if we can all imagine a time where our mental energy was on high. So I'd like you to think of a time where you were super focused. You had clarity on situations. You contributed meaningfully to conversations. You were effective at problem solving and your creativity was just on point. When you feel this way, chances are your mental energy is soaring high. You will find that your communication is of a very high level. You're innovative, you're concise, you're proactive and reasonable, and your judgment is sound. Um, for lack of a better description, you're just on fire. And I bet anything, you can pick a time right now where you felt this way. And I'm guessing it's also super easy to spot when other people have good mental energy levels too. I mean, they're the people you want to work with. You're almost kind of drawn to them, aren't you? But what happens when you don't have good levels of mental energy? What do those moments look like? Well, it could manifest itself in many ways. Maybe you have a bit of brain fog or your mind is cloudy. Normally where you're able to take information in at ease, things are just getting a bit trickier to understand. I mean, how many times have you read the same page of a book before you realise it's just not going in? Maybe you lack the drive to do anything or find it difficult to contribute. Maybe you get creative blocks and just can't come up with new ideas. Or possibly it's affecting your judgement. So you begin to act more on your biases. You are less open or understanding. Maybe your ego appears and you become difficult to communicate with. Now, again, I know for a fact people will be saying, yep, that's happened to me. And again, we can easily think of people, I know someone who lacks mental energy. And just have a think, just imagine for a second, imagine someone who has that low mental energy. What is it like trying to have a conversation with them or trying to work with them or get something done? Or what's it like having a relationship with them? So many arguments and clashes come from people with different levels of mental energy. If you've expended all of your mental energy after a creative day at work, how much do you have left in the tank when you get home? Certainly some food for thought there. Now, the third energy pillar I'd like to talk about is our emotional health, which is how we interpret everything that's happening to us. So whenever we have an experience, it generates a collection of emotions that are usually connected with past experiences, and our emotional health dictates how those emotions are felt and expressed. Now, regular listeners will know how open I am about emotions. I talk a lot about emotional intelligence. I talk about how important it is to feel your feelings. So when I talk about emotional health, I'm not talking about the emotions themselves. I'm talking about your ability to deal with them. So say, for example, if your emotional energy is high, you are able to express your feelings in effective ways doesn't matter if it's joy and happiness or anger and frustration, you're able to express them. Um, I suppose you could call it self-regulation. But when you talk to someone who has good emotional energy as well, you tend to find them very clear and concise. They're open about how they're feeling uh, and they communicate that respectfully and honestly. And I'm sure we've all had someone express their upset with us. 
but they do it in a way that makes you want to listen and to understand. And that is someone with high emotional energy. Now, if you're anything like me, it took a lot of effort to get to the point where I can have that positive emotional energy. Now, if you just think about it, to stay balanced, to stay regulated, when your body is trying to get you to react in a certain way, takes a lot of work and, well, it takes a lot of energy. So when you run out of that emotional energy, can you take a guess what happens? Well, people tend to go one of two ways. They'll either shut down completely, just stop talking, become apathetic, struggle internally, suffer in silence, or they explode and they just let everything come out. They just lash, they shout out, uh, they just cannot contain their emotions. And again, I think we can all think of times where either we or other people have resorted to one of those two responses. It happens to me. Like, I am genuinely one of the calmest people you'll meet. I'm very emotionally intelligent. I'm, I'm great in an argument, as I can stay calm. But every now and then, my emotional energy will get too low and I'll snap. Now, granted, the way I snap is not overly scary. It's not threatening at all. Um, but people definitely notice a difference and they can see that I'm not myself. Uh, so if you do ever find a time where you're struggling to regulate your emotive reactions, maybe that's a sign that your emotional energy is a bit too low. And the last energy pillar is spiritual. And this one is always an interesting talking point. So before I go into it, I'll ask you the question, what pops into your head when I say spiritual energy? Now, I've had so many different responses to this question. Some will say it's all about religion. Some will talk about a universal connection. Some will reference physics. And someone actually the other day said to me, a bunch of yogis sitting in a circle. But whatever it is, whatever your opinion, they're all accurate. I think the best way for me to describe spiritual energy is almost a sense of belonging. It's a connection to something other than your physical being. Now, whether that's religion, quantum physics, the higher self, being at one with nature, whatever it is, whatever you think, whatever you have that connects you to something bigger than yourself, that's spiritual energy. Now, think for a moment what it means when someone is connected to any of those things that we've just referenced. How do they act? How do they behave? Well, they live a life with purpose. They have a clarity of sight in their life. They have conviction in what they do. They have faith that they are on the right path. And you'll hear phrases like, the universe has a plan, or everything happens for a reason, or this will lead me to where I'm supposed to be. Now, we've all said or heard phrases like that, and they are said with so much belief. And it's important that I say this, the energy is not about what you're connected to. It's really important with that. It's not about what you're connected to. It's how strongly you're connected. Spiritual energy can mean so many different things to so many people, but what we're measuring is how closely and how strongly we feel connected to that. And on the other side, just take a moment to think what happens if we were to have low spiritual energy. What does that look like? We could feel a bit lost, a bit untethered. We ask ourselves almost existential questions like, what am I doing here? What's the point? Where am I going? We feel almost victim to fate. We feel disconnected and living without purpose. So whenever I talk about spiritual energy, I'll always have the same advice which is to call it what you want. Don't be put off by the word spiritual. If you'd rather call it, I don't know, purpose energy or belonging energy or value, meaning, whatever you want to call it, you, you call it that. I'm not fussed. As long as you understand that it's all about the connection to that bigger picture. And there we go. There are my interpretations of the four pillars of energy. So physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. 
And as I said at the beginning, all four of them are equally important. Um, and maybe more poignantly, they all link together. Like how much mental energy could you have when your physical energy feels rock bottom? How can you demonstrate your emotional energy when you have a low spiritual energy level? So it's all about being sure to dedicate time to all four energies because they are all important in your life. Now I could wrap it up there, but I think that would be a bit mean if I just said, go look after your energies without actually giving you any ideas. So I'm just gonna quickly share my five top tips on how you can better look after your energies and hopefully you'll find them useful. So tip number one is gonna sound like the most obvious thing, but it is seldom done and it's just simply find a way to measure your energy levels. Ask yourself what it looks like when you have high and low levels of all four energies. If you are low on physical energy, what does that look like? Are you lethargic? Are you demotivated? How does it feel if your spiritual energy is on a high? Are you full of life? Are you confident? Are you absolutely certain of the direction that you're heading? And it's so important to be able to measure your energy effectively because if you can't measure it, how on earth can you manage it? And remember, this isn't a one-off activity. You'll need to be constantly able to check in. I know now, I saw the other day, there's uh, diaries that do it. There are diaries that actually allow you to score your energy levels every morning and evening. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it that often. Um, just find a cadence that works for you. If you want to do it daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is. But what I'm really saying is find a way to measure your energy and then actually measure it. And then the second tip, after you've measured your energy, is to understand what impacts them. Consider your energies as batteries and ask the question, what charges them and what drains them? And this bit is really important for you to hear. This list needs to be your list. We are all very, very different. We have different energy chargers and different energy drainers. For example, if my physical energy is low, I may want to go for a run. Um, I think that would kind of boost me. But for some people, that's the worst thing they can think of. And they'll say to me, well, I know I want to go swimming, which is potentially the worst idea that I could possibly think of. So it's not about being generic about what charges and what drains, but think about it specifically for you. Consider, say, the last time your mental energy was at its lowest. What caused it? What got you to that point? What drained the energy? And then think of a time when your emotional energy was at its peak. What helped you charge that? What did you do? What did people around you do? What happened to let your emotional energy get to that peak? If you want to effectively manage your energies, this information is essential. I promise you that. And tip number three is all about communication. And it's simply just share what you've discovered through tips one and two. And I guarantee you here that if you communicate your energy levels with people and what impacts them, and this could be with colleagues, with family, with friends, with loved ones, all of those relationships improve. And I'll tell you why, when people begin an interaction with you, they already have in their minds the way that you should behave, the way that they are expecting you to respond. And that's based on history, that's based on your previous interactions. But if your energy levels are so low, you're not yourself. So you will not meet the expectation that they have for you. And that is where friction and breakdown in communication comes to the fore. So by being open about your energy, you can just realign those expectations. Um, and saying that actually, it, it links into to tip number four, which is to take time to understand other people's energies too. I know so far we've only looked at identifying our own energy levels, but remember everyone's gonna have varying levels of energy too. 
So if you're sharing yours with other people, just ask the question in return. Say for example, your partner has used up all of their emotional energy at work. If you know that, you can then judge how the conversation will go. Because if you try and use even more of that emotional energy, it's not gonna be the most productive conversation ever. Whereas if you've asked the question, it's like, okay, maybe it's not the time now to have that conversation. Let's recharge those batteries. After all, I've told you how I recharge mine. You've told me how you recharge yours. And then we'll have that conversation a little bit later on. So I suppose really it's mixing tips three and four, isn't it? (laughs) So share your levels with other people and learn about theirs in return. And you know what? When doing this, you'll more than likely find things in common that help both of you recharge your batteries. Uh, It could be just going for a walk at work uh, when having a catch up just to boost your physical energy. Maybe it's switching your minds off for a bit and just relaxing with a bit of music. But we talk about people being on the same page. I mean, it's always like a really common expression to say, yes, that's we're so in sync. Well, understanding energy levels will help you do that. And my final tip is always seemingly a tricky one for people to implement, but it's to act when your levels are low. And this often means saying no. Now, as I said right at the beginning of this episode, I am a go-to person, always have been. People will come to me at work, uh, at home, and I always want to be there for them. However, now I'm a lot more aware of my energy levels. So if one or two or three or four of them are running low, I will communicate this and I will act on it. If, say for example, my mental energy has been spent after a taxing day at work and then someone wants help, I'll reschedule it for a time where I've had the time to recharge. I'll explain to them, my mental energy is quite low. I don't think I'm gonna be much use to Lou. Let me do A, B, and C, and then we can get back on it. Um, If my physical energy is spent and then someone asks me to help decorate, I'll set the expectations. I'll explain that by giving myself the chance to recharge, I will be far more effective. So whatever it looks like, whatever the conversation sounds like, please, please, please act on your energy levels. Otherwise, everything we've talked about is just going to be a moot point. If you can recognize when your energy levels are low, you've understood why, um, you know what's drained it, you know what you need to do to boost it, but then you do nothing about it, how is that going to help? You're just going to be in that position where you give and give and give. And I promise you, if you do not manage energies, we all know what happens. If there is genuinely nothing left to give, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, our relationships suffer, our productivity suffer, uh, just everything in our lives, it stops us being the better part of ourselves. So to really make the most of your energies, find a way to measure them, understand what your drainers and charges are, communicate your levels with people and work to understand theirs and then act off that information. And when I say it like that, when I summarize it like that, it sounds like the simplest tips I think I've ever given on the, on the podcast. Um, and they are, they are incredibly simple tips, but only if you implement them. This is a perfect example of knowledge only being half of the battle. It's honestly what you do with it that counts. And remember, the whole purpose of this podcast is to help people become the best versions of themselves. When you dedicate time to manage your energy effectively, you are dedicating time to being more productive, being more fulfilled in a life. You are dedicating time to achieve the goals that you've set yourself and to not letting yourself burn out or be overworked. You are dedicating time to let yourself be the best version of yourself. In short, you are dedicating time to truly grow your own way. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, I hope you found it as interesting as I find it. 
Uh, it really does spark some interesting conversations and maybe more importantly, it triggers some really meaningful changes in people's day-to-day lives. Um, I've, I really have thoroughly enjoyed recording today's episode, so I'd love to hear your thoughts or comments on the subject. Uh, so why not reach out to me on Instagram with the link in the show notes or by searching for official Grow Your Own Way. Um, or just feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Kevin Roberts. If you've enjoyed this or any episode for that matter, uh, please subscribe to the show and why not even share on social media screenshots of your favorite episode. Uh, I'm always a fan of seeing those. But for now, I just want to say thank you for listening. I hope you'll stay safe and well, and I'll speak to you all on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye. Bye.